Father, we turn our eyes to you right now. Father, we ask for your blessings upon this service that you be with us and that you speak to us. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you be with Regina and with, with Bill, Lord, as, a, as a, their mother is at hospice right now, Father. We just pray, God, that you take her into your arms and you love her, God, and we, we rejoice with that. God, we also pray for, for, for Reggie, Reggie Neal, Father, and we pray for, for his, him and his family, God, as he lost his brother, God. There's so many things that's going on right now and so much turmoil, God, that the enemy's trying to stir up. And, but, God, we just thank you, Father, that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And we rejoice with them. And we thank you for that. We just pray that peace and comfort would come to those families, God, and that you would minister to them, that you would be with them in this time of sorrow. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that, that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race uh, marked out before us. Today I'm going to talk to you about one of those heroes of the faith, one of those, one of those uh, giants of faith that is up there cheering us on today. I'm not going to go through his story necessarily. I'm going to talk to you more about what he, what he, what he did. And that, that's, that is Noah. We can talk about Noah just for a few minutes today. We can learn so much from these giants of faith. And if we could just sit down and ask them, what were you thinking? How did you do this? How, I mean, how did it go? What lessons did you learn from what, what was going on in your life? I mean, it would be amazing to be able to do that. Um, and, and you may be looking at me today and say, Pastor, do you really believe that, that those stories are real? You know, do you really, aren't they just fairy tales? Aren't they just, you know, just thought processes and maybe just something for us to learn from. No, absolutely. I totally believe that these are legitimate stories and they really happened. And, and, and that is what, the way God designed it to happen. I believe every story in the, in the Word of God is a literal story. Um, and I don't think that he, he, he is going to try, to try to trick us or make us think this happened just to get, help us gain some faith. I think it was a real story. And Chris Hodges actually wrote, he told a, he told a, a little story about a little girl who was in school. And, and they were talking about Jonah, actually. And the little girl was talk, to, talking to a teacher, and her teacher said, Honey, I just, I'm not sure about this Jonah story. I know you, you told a story about Jonah for class, but I just want you to know that it's probably very unlikely um, for um, a, a person to live inside of a fish. You know, that for, for days like that, of course, she probably hadn't seen a great whale, how huge and things are. But, but still, she said, she said, I'm not really sure about that. And she said, well, no, ma'am, I, I, I believe it. And the, and the teacher said, well, let me ask you something, honey. If you go to heaven... And she, you know, she, you know, the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah about it and, tell, and he can tell me the whole story. And she said, well, what's going to happen when you get to heaven and um, Jonah is, is, is not there? She said, the little girl said, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> so we're going to talk, talk about Noah. And I believe Noah today, um, you know, he, he, the one thing that we can learn from Noah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the, the one thing that we can learn from Noah. One person fully committed to something um, that they believe can change the world. Because every, every person in here today that feels like I don't count, I can't make a difference, I'm not, I'm not able to do something, this today is, is going to be for you. And I believe this church is for you as well. 
You know, our, our church is built on, on the, the foundation of that we want to inspire love, life, and relationships. And I don't care how much you've messed up. I don't care what your past is. I don't care how many failures you've had. I don't care how many times that you've done something wrong. We learned last week that God is not mad at us. He's mad about us. And all your past, all your failures, even last night or this morning, um, that you may have had or may not have had or last year or, last, or 50 years ago you're still concerned about, has not disqualified you from your purpose and plan that God has for your life. And I want you to hear that again. I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care if, if you're the worst sinner in the world right now. It does, not, it does not disqualify you for God's plan in your life if you'll turn to him. Genesis 6, 5 and 8 says, the Lord, the Lord saw man's wickedness on the earth and how wicked it had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil at that time, all the time. So, I mean... Wow, sometimes I feel like almost the world's getting back to that, to the place where everywhere, everywhere you go, everybody's just evil. Everybody's got a bad attitude. Everybody's negative. You know, everybody, and I hate negative people. I hate negative things. I hate sometimes as much as I post on Facebook, I hate Facebook because it's all negative on there. Everybody wants to gripe and complain and fuss and, and, and fight, and, and they, they throw all their family business out there for the whole world to see and makes, just makes things worse, you know, and, and, and they're just so disrespectful. That's why I try to post positive things to counteract, to counteract the culture of my page so at least my friends can see something that is encouraging that's uplifting that's positive I try to never post anything negative on there if, if I can help it you know but I'm just sometimes I just get tired of seeing my news feed you know and 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 and, and, and if you're not but but if you're if you if you you got to be careful because if you're not careful then you'll you you'll you'll just bury your head in the sand and you won't you'll be oblivious of what's going on okay so but 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 if you just watch the news you'll you'll see that sometimes it's just a stinking circus God, God, see, God sees it all. So what does this do to the heart of the Father? What do you think this does to the heart of the Father whenever, whenever, whenever he sees this stuff and he, he knows what's going on in our lives? Well, let's see what it did, to, to, um, let's see what it did in the days of Noah. Because the Lord said, it says in the word that the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. Wow. It says the Lord was grieved that he made man. It, was, it was got so bad, he was like, oh, man. <clears throat> I'm grieved that I made man, and, he's, and this is what it has turned to. All the evil in the world, all the things that's going on. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that he, he, he like wants to wipe the face of the earth off again like he did then. But I, but I guarantee you that today he is still grieved by the pain he feels of how, how evil this, this world is now. And, we're, and, and one day we'll be accountable for our choices that we had, that we have made and that we have and will make. And we'll stand before judgment for God one day. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. It says, So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men, animals, creatures that move along the, the ground, the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God was ready to give up and start over and wipe everything around. But he found one man, one person, that, 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 that was willing to counterculture what was going on. One person that was, read, that was willing to stand up against everybody else that lived and say, I am for you, God, and I'm ready to fight and do what you asked me to do. 
You know, and I know that we're not necessarily doing anything in our, in our church or anything that's, that's, that's negative. We're trying to be positive around here. And we're, but, but, but what are we as a church, what are you as an individual, what am I doing as a Christian to try to counter culture what's going on in this negative world? Or, or, or you know, and you're like, well, you know, hey, I can't do it. But, hey, just posting scriptures on Facebook is doing something. You can do something that you can do. When you're around school at church, I mean, at work, you can wear maybe a Christian T-shirt if you're, if you're allowed to. You can talk about God. You can, you can tell, how was your weekend? And they tell you about how they got drunk. You tell them about, hey, I went to church and we had a good time. Here's what happened. I love this song. You can, you, what, can, what are we doing out in the community to, to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not part of this. I want, I want to try to change the atmosphere. When, you, when we walk in a room, wherever we're at, I don't care if it's a mall, we should walk in with an attitude and everybody can feel something different. I want to be so full of God that, that, that when I walk in places, people feel better. They, they, they act better. They want to have conversation with me because they know when they talk to me, I'm going to build them up. You know, what was it I saw, I heard, it just came to my mind, I heard a, a joke one time. They said, I'm going to be so, 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 uh, so full of Jesus that whenever a mosquito bites me, it runs away screaming, there's power in the blood. <clears throat> But, but, so, but are we doing anything to impact that? We, we've had enough Bible studies. We need some Bible doing. Okay, now I'm not saying we don't need to have, well, that's why we have small groups. We need that. We need you to be a part. But we, 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 we know it. We, we at least know enough to go out and start doing. But we sit around in a lot of churches, sit around fat and happy, just wanting to get more, just wanting to get more. And people out there are dying and going to hell. And, 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 but we today, like the title of my message, we, we need to start living it out. We need to live it out. So how do I do that? Well, you pray, you love, you inspire, and you repeat. You pray, you love, you inspire, repeat. We need to pray and ask God for direction. God, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, God. I'm gonna, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to love people. I'm going to inspire people. And then they're going to be changed by the love of God. And then we're going to go right back and do it all over again and again. But because when people came to see Jesus, when they walked miles and miles and miles to come to see Jesus whenever he walked on this earth, do you think they were coming to hear a good sermon? No. They didn't come to hear Jesus talk. They come because they wanted to experience this incredible love that they had never seen before. They wanted to experience this, this incredible power that he had. They needed salvation, they needed restoration, and they needed healing. And in your world, at your work, at your, at wherever you go, in a mall, wherever you're at, in a grocery store, there's people all around you that need restoration, that need salvation, and that need healing. And they need that. And we have, we have to exemplify that. We, we have to get where we're not scared to, to, to when someone says that I need prayer, you know, that, that, that if you feel led by the Lord, right, just pray right then. It don't matter where you're at. Just go ahead and say, hey, I want, I want to pray for you. I, I want to lift you up right now. We were out here at the Funnel Cake Festival, and I was talking to somebody, um, and um, I, I just felt, they said, I just, I'm, just, I'm just struggling, and I had a stroke, and this, that, and the other. And I said, man, I just feel led right now. Do you mind if I pray for you right now? And they said, yes. And we, I, we didn't even think about who was around. We were right in the middle of the walkway, and we just began to pray right there. You know, that, that's an example. You know, that's boldness. we got to do that. That's not building me up. I'm saying you can do that, too. You know, um, and so we, we, because people all around us need to experience that kind of love. They need to experience that. Our world is not hungry for another Bible sermon. They're hungry for God's love. They're hungry for God, a demonstration of God's power. They're, they're hungry for restoration, and, and, and they, they're hungry for, for, for the breaking of addiction in their lives. They're, they're hungry for something that is changing, not just something they can hear. And it starts with you and I. One person fully committed to something that they believe in can change the world. John chapter 14 and 12. 
I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater because I am going to be with the Father. That needs to be happened. We know what, all that, what God, Jesus did when he walked on this earth. And Jesus said, look, you're going to do the same I did and even greater. So he, he raised the dead. He healed the blind. So it should not expect, we should not be surprised when that happens. We should expect it to happen. When we come to church, and someone, when, when someone, how would it be, how would you feel if you came down here for me to pray for you and I didn't believe that you were going to get healed? What, what good would that do? When you come down here, I don't care if you come down here with terminal cancer, I'm going to believe that God's going to heal you. Now, it's up to him if he does. I'm being obedient to God, and I'm going to pray for you. And whenever you come right here, I'm going to, I'm going to believe with all my heart that whatever you need is going to happen. And I, honestly, I'm kind of, I believe that's going to happen right now, right here, whatever it is. When I pray with somebody, I'm believing at that moment it's going to take place. And I'm kind of surprised sometimes when it don't happen. Not because of my ability, because I'm like, because I'm like God, I thought you were going to go ahead and do it. You know? But we got to keep believing even when it doesn't happen. Y'all know I have a rod cone dystrophy disease in my eyes, and I pray all the time. I'm all the time looking over my glasses, and I still can't see that backboard back there, but I'm, I'm going to keep looking because I'm keeping expecting it to pop at any time for my eyes to be healed. You know, I'm not going to quit believing it, you know, and I'm going to keep talking to people about it, and I'm going to keep telling them that it's, hey, for, so I, I'm excited when I first got it. The doctor said, it'll only get worse. It'll only get worse. You'll never get healed, and it, you, there's a possibility it'll stay the same. And for four straight years, it stayed the same. So to me, hey, that's, that's healing because it hasn't got worse. So he, he stopped it from getting worse. And I'm just waiting for, for the day that, that my eyes just pop. Maybe to see. And, 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 may, and maybe it's something for you the same way that you're looking for, that you're believing for, that when you're praying with people. But when you pray with people, don't pray with them if you can't believe that it's going to happen. When you pray with somebody, you have the faith and release that faith in you that it's going to happen and it's going to happen right then. And then leave it to God of when it happens. Sometimes it happens then, sometimes it's, it takes a process. You know, but Jesus' vision for transforming a society, was he never considered a hyper-anointed pastor standing on a big pulpit with thousands of people in their packed-out arenas. That's fine, and because they had big, big, big shows up, but that wasn't the, the forefront of what he thought was going to change the world. What, what he wanted to change the world and what he wants us to do is to leave this place, go out into the world, and change the world. Because do you know that every one of the, the miracles in Acts 39 and 40, every one of them was done outside of the church? Every one of them. We, we, how many times do y'all expect miracles to happen outside of the church? Most people's like, well, hey, we're having a healing service at the church. Let's go get healed there. And that's fine. And that happens. You know, but we should expect miracles outside of the church. When you're praying with people, when you're in your prayer closet and you're interceding for somebody, you're praying for your family. We're praying, we need to believe that miracles happen then as well as in the church. This is, just, this is not a miracle place. This is a sweet, sweet heavenly honey just don't drip from the ceilings in here. This is just a building. We are the church. And our faith, joined with God's faith, changes things. And we got to quit expecting it just in this house we got to go out there and change the world and go grab them and bring them in. Let them get saved so they can get encouraged and they can come back and they can move on out as well. <clears throat> but God wants us to counteract the, the culture. Uh, you know, but, but, and, and, but you, you, 
but we need to come to church to, to, to get encouraged, to get built up and to get fired up and be a, be a family and, and have a, a, a community that you can be together on. You know, but, but back, back when I was a teenager, you didn't have fluctuations of numbers in churches. Every Sunday you had the same number because everybody that was a member came. And then if they brought people, you had additions and then, that, then the number grew a little bit. But in today's society, um, church is an option on Sunday. Well, if nothing's going on, hey, y'all, you want to go to church in the morning? No, 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 it's not. If, no, go to church in the morning. We're going to go to church in the morning. You know, it's not, a, it's not an activity. It's not, well, if I'm not, it's not, well, it's sunshine today, let's just go to the beach. You know, we, they want to worship the, the sun, the S-U-N, not the, not the S-O-N. And so the thing is, is we got to get to the place where, where church is a commitment to us. And we say, you know what, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be in church. And I know uh, there's probably people on Facebook, they, they can't be here today, you're sick. And I know, I know my brother-in-law and, 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 and Lisa's there at the, at, their, at the hospice. But there's certain things like that, and that's, that's what that's good for, those kind of things. But the thing is, we need to get together so we can come together as a group and a family and be together and, 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 and learn together and grow together so we can have events like we had the other day where everybody came together. But if you don't have nobody in the church... Nobody can, we can't go out and have an event for our community and do anything and, and, and effectively make change. See, most of us see the power of God as something that belongs to the pastor. But you know what? You have the same power I do. I'm held accountable more for my power. But, but you are, you're just as powerful as I am. You have, you have the same, you serve the same God I do. And God, you, you, you read the same word I do, the same promises for me or for you. You can pray, and you can pray for people and they can get healed. You can pray. You can make a change in your community. You can make a change in your house. You can make a change in your work by deciding that, you know what, I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to act like every. I'm going to do something to counteract this culture. I'm going to be the light in the darkness. There's ministry to be done, and we can't do it without people. We can't do it without peoples and butts in these seats. We have to have that for, for, for us to be able to do the ministry we got to do. So we can go out and do the things that we're supposed to do for, for God. Ministry is, not, ministry is not something that people look at ministry as that we, ministry is something that we do for God. Absolutely not. Ministry is something that God does through us. We don't do ministry for God. God does ministry through us. And that's how ministry happens. Genesis 7 and 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Go back and read that. It said that, it said that who found favor with God? Not his family. You, Noah. I found favor in, I found that you were righteous. It wasn't his family, but because Noah's, Noah was righteous, his whole family was saved. Because of the favor on Noah's life, his whole entire family was blessed. So you can make a difference in your family. You can make a difference in those around you. You know, whether you like it or not, you are making an impact on people around you, good or bad. You're either going to lead someone to heaven or you're going to drag someone to hell. Nobody goes to either place alone. You impact somebody. And so you're helping people. You're either, a, okay, let's, let's put it into uh, more non-religious terms. You're either a leader or a follower. So you're going to lead people to where you're going, or are you going to follow someone else the other direction? And it's up, it's up to us how we do that. We either have a positive or a negative impact, and we need to think about that. We need to constantly think about what impact am I having at work? 
What impact am I having at church? What impact am I having when I'm just on my free time and I'm just going to the grocery store and I'm going to the mall wherever? What, how am I doing anything? And I'm not saying walk around hyper-spiritual and like you're looking for somebody, oh, i got to lay hands on somebody today. It's, full, it's, it's in the hand. It's in the hand. Come here, let me lay hands on you. I'm not talking about crazy mess like that. But I'm just saying, God, lead me. Order my steps, God. Show me who I want. Speak to me. I want to hear. I want to listen. I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you want me to do today. I want to do that. But I, just real, I realized something that you read the scripture, it, it kind of scares me a little bit. That I'm having a direct impact on my grandkids. No, honey, John is not, John Hatton, they're, Sydney, they're fine. They hadn't had enough. I'm not talking about that. But I'm influencing my son and my daughter. My wife is influencing my son and my daughter. I'm influencing their work ethic. I'm influencing how important church is how important God is, how important prayer is. I'm influencing financial stewardship. I'm influencing um, one day on them how to be a parent. I'm influencing my son on how to treat a, how to treat a lady. I'm influencing them. Um, 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 that, and then that's going to, in turn, impact how they treat and teach their kids. So I am right now already affecting something that I even, hadn't even got here yet. Because of the way I am teaching them, they are going to teach. Because, hey, you know how families are. How many times you hear, well, he's like his daddy. He does what his daddy does. She does what his mama does. You know, well, his daddy was abusive. That's why he's abusive. You know, or, 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 or his mama didn't, didn't love him. So now she don't love him. You know, it's just, it's a family thing. It's how, it's, how many times do we go back to say, um, well, that's, that's, how, that's how their family was. Their fam you know, they, they didn't love. Their family wasn't loving. And so they don't love. If you see some people that are loving, then you can be probably guaranteed that their family was a loving family and they hugged on them. If you see a, a man or a woman that, that doesn't really, they're, they're not very affectionate, well, that means their mom and dad probably were not affectionate. You know, so it, it happens like that. So we are impacting those people around us. You are impacting your family. Your kids are, are watching you. Your grandkids are watching you. And we need to understand that. And so now, you know, now I'm not only just screwing my own kids up, I'm screwing up my grandkids too if I'm not careful. So Acts 16 and 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. It's not just about me. The life I live will have an impact on others, on not, and not just your household, on your friends, your coworkers, your church, your classmates, and so on and so on. So we have to be the difference maker. Somebody has to step up and say, I'm going to start trying to change this culture. I'm going to start trying to be more of an example for my children. I'm going to try to start being an example for my grandchildren. Some of y'all are, you know, are, are examples for your grandchildren because your children aren't living right. I know some of y'all bring your grandchildren to church because your children, doesn't, you don't, they don't come to church. So you're trying to be that example to your, your children. Ezekiel chapter 22 and 30 says, I look for a man, listen to this, I look for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand for me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but found no one. Do we care enough about Wilmington that, that, that we as a church and us as individuals can stand in the gap and, and intercede for, for, for our city? That, that God won't have to destroy it, or the enemy won't destroy it, because the enemy's going to try and destroy it right now. So we can stand in the gap and say, hey, no, Satan, we're not going to allow you to destroy our community. We're going to lead people to Christ. We're going to care about people, and, and we want to stand in the gap. We want to be a gap filler. 
We want to be a gap filler, but we have to love. As God looks for people who will stand for him in the gap. When God's looking around and says, who will stand in the gap? I want him to find us. I want him to find me. I want him to find you. I want him to find kingdom life. Oh, they'll, they'll stand in the gap. I want, I, want, I want when Jesus is, when God's talking to, to Satan and as he was when he was talking to, 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 um, to Job and says, well, you, have, you, you know, have you tried? Hey, hey, you know what? I know who will stand in the gap, Satan. Kingdom life will stand in the gap. Pastor Doug will stand in the gap. Nick will stand in the gap. I want, I, want, I want us to be a common household name on God's lips to say, hey, Kingdom Life loves me. Kingdom Life cares. And I hope other churches are too, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not the pastor of the churches. I'm a pastor here, so I'm concerned about us. And I want you to make it. I want you to, to be an example. I want, I want people to look to you for help. I want people to call you. I don't want people to have to just, hey, I'm available all the time. People can always call me. But I want people to call you too because they look at you as a man and woman of God of faith. So they don't have to call the pastor. They can call you. They can call Curtis. They can call J.O. They can call whoever. They can call Catherine. They can call Misty. They can say, hey, I, wanna, I, I, got some, I need to call. I need to call. I, I want to call somebody. You know, and, and they call you because they know that you are a man or woman of God. And I really believe that if Noah's here today, he would say, don't be afraid to stand out in the crowd. Hebrews 11 and 7. By, by faith, Noah warned about the things not, was not warned about things not seen and in holy fear built an ark to save his family by his faith he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness um, that comes by faith how do you think how ridiculous do you think that Noah looked building an ark when there was zero percent chance of rain how about a beautiful sunny day it's 75 degrees outside and you're walking outside with a raincoat, rain boots, and an umbrella everywhere you go. Or you saw something. Would you not laugh at them? And a 0% chance of rain for the whole week, and they're walking around with an umbrella. You would laugh them all. You'd be, they would be the laughing stock of women today. On Facebook, blow up. Look at this idiot. Right? Well, they were the same way with Noah. They walked up there to him and said, what do you do? Because see, at that time, there had never been no rain. Zero, there was never rain prior to this happening. The way, the, the way that the, the waters and the trees got water, it came up from the bottom of the earth. It never came from the sky. So Noah, not only is he talking about something that hadn't happened, I mean, something different, he's talking about something that had not even ever happened. It had never rained prior to this. And so he's sitting there building this ark, and people came out there. I it's not in the Word of God, but I promise you 100%. People came out there to his ark and just watched him and laughed and mocked him. But he said, I'm going, I don't care. <laughs> I'm the righteous one. So, so I'm going to do what God's called me to do. So whenever evil people, sinners, and, and people who are not living for Christ, laugh at you, jeer at you, and try to intimidate you, why do we bow to that when we are the ones that are the right, that God has, that we're saved, and God's speaking to us, we got to do what God's called us to do and not allow people who are not saved to try to change what we feel. But we allow, we allow and are intimidated sometimes by people who are non-Christians when they laugh at us when we're just doing what God's called us to do. We have to be like Noah and say, you know what? It don't matter. There's zero chance of rain, but I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to do what God's called me to do. You can laugh at me. You can joke at me. You can do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep doing what God said. 
How many times do, do we do stuff, not do stuff because of what people think? Let's, now let's get outside of you're following God, you're doing what God says, and non-Christians are laughing at you. Let's get inside the Christian faith. How many times have, have, have you done, have, do you feel like that you need to do something for Christ, but you don't do it because you're scared what your Christian brothers and sisters are going to think? Okay, now I'm talking about myself. I'm I'm guilty. So many times, I'm so worried what somebody else is going to think about what I say or what I do or the way I preach or whatever. And, I'm, and, and sometimes I change things and I have to repent. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. I should, you know, I, I got to follow you, God. And, and we're worried, even as Christians, what other Christians think about what we as Christians are doing that God told us to do. And so we're scared what they think rather than being bold and saying, you know what? I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to go down to the altar, you know, whatever it may be. Because Noah was not scared. But we don't share our faith because we're scared how it might come out. And I don't know what to say. And we're scared that God might not lead us and direct us in the conversation and bring back scriptures to our memory. So we're going to look stupid and then we're going to have to leave. We don't use our gift because we're scared and uncomfortable doing something new and different. Because it's a gift that maybe God certainly gave you. I don't worship and, and worship. I'm scared to raise my hands because I'm going to look silly because I've never raised my hands before. I'm not going to go to church because I'm, you know, my friends don't go to church. If they start seeing me go to church, they're going to think I'm a holy roller. They're going to think I'm some crazy person. I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that because people are going to laugh at me and they're going to think I'm crazy. What does it say when we know that these things are drawing us closer to God, but we don't do them because we're worried what other people think? We cannot do that if you come. We have to do like Moses and in the midst of adversity, in the midst of things that's going on in our life. We have to say, God, you've called us to do this. You've called us to love, love, you know, to inspire love, life, and relationships. And it's okay if other people laugh. It's okay if other churches judge us because you know what? We don't care. We're going to do what you called us to do. It doesn't matter what nobody else thinks. We're going to accept those in here that come in here that, 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 that live all kind of hell. We're going to love on them. And you're going to change them. We're not going to judge them. Other churches can judge if they want to. We're not going to. And if they, if they judge us for not judging, then that's okay. Because we're doing what your word says for us to do. And so we're going to love you. And I'm going to be bold. And if I have to pray out in public, I'm going to do it. And if people laugh, they laugh. But, I, but that person needed me, God. And when I prayed with them, they had faith. They were depressed and they might have killed themselves. But you know what? Because I took time and showed them love. Because somebody, I knew somebody was down and I didn't have a lot of money, but I, I sent $10 on Venmo just to tell them, hey, I love you. I don't have a lot, but here's a little something. Maybe get you a meal. And it shows that you love Christ. You're, you're in the line and you pay for somebody's coffee behind you. And then you realize it's not only $2. They got four people in the car and bought everybody two, two boxes of donuts and it's $18. You still pay it. Then you fast for the next three days. But the thing is, though, is you're, what, are you, what are you doing? I want you to think about that. What, are, are, you, are you scared about what other people think? I fight that all the time because of, of a lot of history of, of insecurity because I've had people that have bullied me and stuff like that in ministry. And, I, and, I, and, I, and so I fight insecurity a lot of times. So I'm like, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? What are they going to think? And God is constantly saying, son, don't care what they think. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You do you. Don't worry about them. 
You do you, you don't worry about them. And I'm, I've gotten so much better at it. But I still face it. I still sometimes, you know, I, for a thought when I was outside, I know this person needed prayer. And for a second I thought, uh, maybe, maybe I need to take them in my office. And I could have done that, and it would have been no different maybe. But I wanted to show them, and I think it was also a sight for others to see that, hey, man, wow, people do that still. Because they used to do it. You used to see people praying all over the place. But we've gotten intimidated by fear of what other people think about it. So we've got to stand up and do stuff. And I, I know Craig had mentioned that he had played a, he had played a song, um, a, a, good, a beautiful Christian song on, on, his, on the radio, and people had a fit about who sang it or whatever. But it was a good Christian song, and, but he wasn't fearful. He, he did it and blessed people. Kanye West is, is, is a good example, and he's, he's pretty hot right now, and a lot of people disagree with him, but I'm sorry. You know, if you look it up, Philippians 1.18. It's, it's basically says, it says, it, does, it doesn't matter. I'm not moved by, I don't care what their motives was. God was preached. And, 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 you know, it was funny when Kanye decided to, to back Trump, all, 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 the, all the Republicans were like, yeah, you know. And then when Kanye backed Trump, I mean, when, when Kanye backed Christ, everybody, all the Christians were like, well, I don't know about that. I'm just saying, I mean, this man's going into prisons and people are getting saved. He's reaching people that nobody's reached yet. He's doing the best he can. And his choir is incredible. I listen, I, listen to, I listen to his choir all the time, but he's doing the best he can. And yes, yes, he, yes, he lived a horrible life. Yes, he's done all kind of bad things. Yes, people are judging him and saying, I don't believe it. But you know what? I guarantee you, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, when he was Saul and he was killing Christians, he was on his way to kill a Christian and, 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 and persecute Christians, and then all this light came and shined him, and then Saul became Paul, and Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I bet people didn't trust him either. So while he's a Christian, let's pray for him. Let's don't beat him down. Because I, I think this very well could be a pinnacle that somebody like him gets saved. And, and it change, we, How often we pray for Hollywood. God changed Hollywood. God, they're so evil. So somebody in Hollywood gets saved. I don't believe it. We're so critical. We're so judgmental. You know, when you first got saved, you didn't live the greatest either. I neither did I. So I, I, I support Kanye, and I'm all about him, and I'm, I'm praying for him that he, if he falls tomorrow, there's a lot. There's, I know for a fact there's, there's over, over 1,000 people that's already, well, 2,000 now, that's already gotten saved because of his ministry. So God, you, God can use who he wants to, and God can use you, and God could use me. So instead of, when, instead, of, instead of criticizing our brothers and sisters and they're doing something different that we don't understand or don't like, let's start supporting them and say, God, I, I, just, lo I just pray for them, God. I don't understand it. It's different. It's weird. Maybe you may feel like some of you. Some of you but God, I, I just pray for them. God, be with them. Minister to them. Help them. Help them reach those that I can't reach. So what are we doing in our community? What are you doing in your work? What are you doing in your world? What are you doing in this church to try to break the culture and say, we're going to be different. I want, I want Kingdom Life to be different. I don't want us to be just a normal church. I want people to come in, in inside these buildings and say, wow, something's different about that church. I don't know what it is. We're just going to have to believe that God can help us and bless us. And we're, and we're, we're still, our, our, fun, our, our fundraiser account's still growing. We're up to close to $50,000 now. So, we're, so we're, we're getting money and getting money and getting money. And hey, the right place, as soon as the right place opens up, 
boom, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be there. And God's going to do some incredible things. So don't give up on that, on that dream because that's what the devil wants you to do. But God's going to do Would you bow your hand, close your eyes? God, help us all today to be more like Noah and to be found righteous. And God, if we're not found righteous and we got some issues in our life, help us just to, just to call upon your name and get on our knees and bow before you and ask for forgiveness and, and say, God, well, I'm just not living the best. I, I'm a Christian, but I got some sin in my life. God, just forgive me because I want to be found righteous because I want to be called to do great and mighty things and I want to be a blessing to others and I want to counteract this culture and I can't do it living a lukewarm life. I want to do it living a righteous life. God, help us. Show us ways that we can counteract this culture. Show us ways that we can show the real love of Christ. Help us show us, show us ways that we can show the real grace of God. The grace that so many people don't understand. The grace, God, that people don't, don't think exists. God, help us to show that grace, that love, that forgiveness. And God, when they come in, let us love on them so much. God, they don't have a choice but to accept you. And then when they accept you, God, you can work out all the problems in their lives. You can work on the sin. You can work on the shortcomings. You can work on the evil even maybe at some point in time. God, Lord Jesus, but, but, but when they come, let us love on them. and let, let's, let's let you deal with the sin in their lives. Let us deal with the love that you ask us to give. And help us to be bold, to pray, to give, to serve, to be different than everybody else. And God, help us, including myself, not to be so concerned about what other people think. That if we got a heart and we're doing the best we can and we're serving you the best we know how and the best, the best that you've asked us to, God, and our heart's desire is to make you happy, don't let us worry about who else is happy about it. Let us serve you, God. Let us inspire love, life, and relationships. And let us get passionate enough, God, to make a difference in somebody's life.